0: They're
1: listening, Aaron. They are always. There is some Google guy listening to, uh, you know, whatever's happening at my house. I don't like that. Mm-mm. Just saying. He's just, just, sitting, saying. There. Like, He's just sitting there. He's just sitting there Aaron doing today? Yeah. What is Aaron doing today? <laughs> All right. Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly. Their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. I'm Aaron,
0: and this is Paul,
1: and we are back, baby. Woo. Exciting. Ooh. Now, you know, normally I'll say the reason why we haven't recorded is because, you know, life got in the way, work, travel, yada, yada. Uh, this time I get to blame it wholly on Paul. Uh, Paul yeah, this only recently, me. yeah, Paul only recently finished watching uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. In fact, I believe, Paul, I think the count yes, was you watched eight episodes of Star Trek Strange New Worlds this week.
0: Yeah, yeah, I uh, I had only seen episodes one and two of Strange New Worlds, and again, it's not because of any lack of quality, which we'll talk about here on the show today, um, but just because there's just too damn much television out there.
1: There is a and, lot uh, of television, uh,
0: <laughs> and Stranger Things came out, and that took up an investment of my time, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, I-, I was able to, like Aaron said, burn through the last eight episodes because there's 10 episodes this season, right? Am right. I remembering that correctly? That is correct. Yeah, all 10 episodes or, you know, all the the final eight episodes of uh, Strange New Worlds. Um and a, a separate episode which we'll talk about here momentarily.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you know, before we jump into the 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 Strange and the New Worlds, um let's talk a little bit about San Diego Comic-Con because Paul Star Trek yes, is back in Hall H this year. It is. And did you see they were going to have a food truck, Aaron? I saw that. I saw it with the Wrath
0: of Pecan. (laughs) Yeah, it's an ice cream truck, which I feel like it's, you know, Wrath of
1: Pecan. I feel like they should have gone with the Wrath of Flan and (laughs) just had a Flan truck. That would be more on point for Ricardo Montalban. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I think universally, you know, outside of Mexico, Flan is uh, not much cared for. Well, fair.
0: It's a bit bit slimy. I I, I am of Hispanic descent and I don't even like flawed.
1: Yeah. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. I remember, you know, my father, my father used to work for the El Chico Corporation when I was a kid. He was their their sole architect. And uh, for those not in the know, El Chico is a chain of uh, Tex-Mex restaurants. And you know so he anytime they build a new restaurant my dad would design it he'd drive down to Mexico and pick out all the fixtures and furniture for it that was a, that was what what we got to call a family vacation <laughs> when i was a boy he'd load up the uh the uh, station wagon and we'd go down to Monterey and dad would you know do all this purchasing and we'd watch a bullfight so uh one day he took me uh to lunch and ordered flan for dessert because it was my birthday, as I recall. And I'm like, "What is this?" And He's like, "It's flan." And I'm like, um, "But what is it?" Because <laughs> you know, it was it it moved like jello, but it wasn't clear like jello. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I, now I, I will say I have grown, I, I have discovered an appreciation for good flan. That what what was served to me that day was not. Uh, uh, I, 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 for a long time, I operated under the assumption that all flan was bad. Um, I just had bad flan that day, and yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I. It's not anything I'm ever going to seek out in my life, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, a good flan, I, I can appreciate a good custardy flan. Yeah. So, yeah. welcome
0: to Flon yeah, welcome flan the Aaron Flon with Aaron Paul.
1: The Flon class. Flon cast. Say that eight the times fast. Cast, yeah. yeah, I like it. I like it. The Flon cast. That is our new the thing. Flan- right after Jellystone. Uh, we will we'll load up the flan The flan I like it. I like it. Well, you know, I, I'm excited to see that, that the star Trek is back in, uh, hall H this year. Cause you know, we didn't get much news out of, uh, uh, mission Chicago because they had shot their goo on star Trek day. But, yeah. uh, I, uh, I, I think there's. I, I think we'll probably get a trailer. We haven't seen a trailer yet for Lower Decks, so uh, for the new season of Lower Decks, I assume that will come at. Uh, Actually, Comfort. Aaron, I don't mean to correct you, but we we have. Didn't we? we? I didn't think. I we feel had. like there was a trailer... No, I know. I saw I there could was be a wrong. scene. Oh yeah, there was a scene. Yeah, but I don't think we've seen the 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 season three trailer. Yeah. Oh, you're probably right, huh? I could be wrong. But I, and I no, you know, be,
0: now that you mentioned it, you know, I'm, I'm, I might be thinking of the poster.
1: Yeah, yeah, we, the we've seen we've seen promotional images, uh, yeah. and, and you're right. There was a a, uh, a a a a a clip of the show, but I don't think we've actually seen a trailer. But uh, there is also. Uh, Patrick Stewart and Gates McFadden are scheduled to be there to talk about season three of Picard. Because they're already finished shooting Picard, I would be highly surprised if we don't. I don't think it'll be a trailer, but I think it will be like uh, either a short scene or, you know, an image of them all on the bridge. I I would think we're going to get some kind of art from uh, Star Trek Picard season three. Ooh, very exciting! I mean, yeah,
0: it, I mean, you can't show up to San Diego Comic Con and not have
1: something significant, you're right. right? And I mean, if you're going to have you know Gates and Patrick, you know, up on the stage, it seems to me like you you got to give the fans you know an additional bit of juice. Otherwise, you're you're not really serving Sir Pat and uh, Doctor Crusher very well. So I, agree. I, I think I think you have to do that. Uh, I see that Strange New Worlds. Uh, Almost the entire cast will be there. Uh, You've got Anson Mount, Ethan Peck, uh, Christina Chong, Celia Rose Gooding, and Paul Wesley, uh, as well as executive producer Henry Alonzo Myers are going to be there. Um, Notably absent, I would say, is Rebecca Romaine, and I want to come back to that point uh, Mm -hmm. later in the discussion. Uh, But, I mean, that's a a lot of folks from there. And also because I think they're done shooting season two would not surprise me if you got some artwork there. I don't think you'll – again, I don't think you'll get a teaser, uh, but I think you might get some You never know. Like you said, they're done
0: shooting, and there's probably enough in – the first few episodes have probably been done for long enough for them to have at least some post-production completed. Yeah.
1: Uh I, I think what I find, you know, particularly interesting is that nobody from Discovery is scheduled to, to attend. Um Oh yeah, that is interesting. And but they are I think they are shooting right now. I don't think they're in the, ah. they're fully in the can, so that may be the reason that they don't that they're not doing that. But the panel's going to be hosted uh or moderated by Leah Thompson. I think that's oh. kind of fun. I think I that's find kind it of interesting fun.
0: that Leah Thompson has kind of gone into this uh, Star Trek Radical. Full
1: on Star Trek. I mean, I, I love that. I love that. You know, she came in, directed probably the 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 best uh, episodes of season two of Picard. Um, and, and I mean, and now is just completely embraced by the Star Trek community, and you know, is a Star Trek favorite now. I, I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan. So let's talk about some of those strange and new worlds. Um I'll say, on the whole, I found Season 2, Strange New Worlds, to be successful. In fact... Season I, 1. Season 1. Whatever. Whatever. Well, we could be
0: recording. Maybe <laughs> you've
1: seen Stranger Worlds. Str- Stranger Worlds. Well, Strange New Worlds, Season 2 already. I don't know. It's possible. Well, I've got that Klingon time crystal that I'm holding on to. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm, I went mm-hmm. forward a bit and, and watched you know all of Season 2. Spoilers ahead. Um, (laughs) uh, I I think season one, uh, if I'm, if, you know, there are 10 episodes, uh, I would say nine tenths of the episodes are good. Uh, I, there is one episode that I just have just huge problems with, uh, and not for the reasons I think people will think, but Hey, Paul, uh, kick us off, you know, you started back into strange new worlds this week. And I know you were drinking from the fire hose, but tell me, Paul, tell me, yeah. Uh, you know, when you came into, I guess the, the episode you watched was Ghosts of Illyria, right? Episode yes. three, with, uh, you know, with some revelations about Una. Tell me, what were your thoughts? You know, um, so,
0: well, first, I think we need to address the elephant in the room. Oh, there's an elephant. And it, it kind of, I think, I believe, and I, I believe episode three is where the elephant first reared its head. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Captain Pike's hair. took on a life of its own Uh at the beginning of, I I believe at the beginning of episode three, I mean, like in the very first shot, I'm like, Oh, I mean, that thing needs its own Twitter feed. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, no, it it is a personality (laughs) of its own. Uh, I wonder how early his hair has to report to the set, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you would think, I mean that, you know, like some of these characters have to
0: go like hammer probably has to go through makeup for like three, four hours. I'd imagine Anson Mount's hair it takes a similar amount of time. Well,
1: and I I need to know how much product is in it. I you know, and is it EPA approved? And <laughs> I mean, what what else is he using? I mean, is it is it a round brush? You know, what what is he doing? Because, I, what I have a problem with, and I, and I said this when we talked about episode one, is that he he clearly is spending a whole lot of time in front of the mirror in the morning, and I, I find that a, an odd choice for uh, a commanding officer you know it just seems like something that uh he ought not to be spending so much time doing when he's got a whole ship to run i'm just saying it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a large commitment of time
0: i mean una is is out there on the bridge uh-huh running running things for a few hours while while uh, pike gets his hair just right yeah. and that being said i know i'm joking Anson Mount, mouth the, the the bridge crew and I, I make that distinction specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, the bridge crew of Star Star Trek: Strange New Worlds is uniformly excellent. Yeah, as far as acting, um, you know, I, I, if if there is one weak link, and I know you're going to disagree with me, it is Rebecca Romaine. Um, and not that she's not good, I just think she's normal
1: <laughs> in a, in a crew of absolutely charismatic characters. Um, uh-huh. I think the reason you might feel that way about Rebecca Romaine is that she's not been given a lot to do this season, and yeah, that's the point. Like and, she's the straight, you know, yeah. she's the straight character. Well, and that's my objection because we were told that you know Strange New Worlds was going to be about these three characters. They were going to be about Spock, number one, and and Captain Pike, and this show has been about Captain Pike, Spock, and everybody else but Una, and mm-hmm. I, I'm. I mean, yeah she she gets to be a little she gets to be you know sort of the central focus in Ghosts of Illyria, but that's it. You know, she has a little bit to do in the first episode, you know, because she you know she is taken captive, and Mm -hmm. she's got a very little bit to do in the final episode. Um, And really, that's spoilers. Getting arrested.
0: <laughs> yeah, kind of and in between, she's just kind of there. And again, yeah. she's not a it's not like she's a bad actress or anything like that. Yeah, I'm actually a fan of Rebecca Romijn. She's just she is given the and when I mean straight character, I mean like, you know, like the she's she's the the goody two shoes right? The, yeah. And they even reference that that she, you know, in one episode She's where, by the book. You know, she, yeah, she's by the book. She's where fun goes to die. And in that episode, she doesn't really do much to disprove that. Yeah. Um But you know, I and again, I think part of it is also Ethan Peck, Anson Mount um. The and I, and unfortunately, I, I apologize. There are there are actors whose names I just don't recall, but the actress who plays Uhura, mm-hmm. um, Ortegas. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are just so and, and and they are just so screen
1: strong screen presences. Yeah.
0: Well, um, and I think
1: you know. I think Rebecca Romaine is really good on screen. I mean, I found her. You know, I found her performance in Discovery. Just compelling, and I was like, "I need more of this." And so, mm-hmm. when we weren't given more of it in Strange New Worlds, I found that really disappointing. And that's that is probably my biggest mark against Strange New Worlds is that they didn't deliver on the promise of Number One because uh, I yeah. think she is so interesting, and I think she is so commanding. I wanted to see moments of her being on the ship, commanding. You know, we have yeah. that. Uh, that episode where i think it's the second to the last episode where uh pike takes the cadets and some of the other officers down to the planet to rescue the fallen starship and uh rebecca romaine takes the ship off to you know k7 to deliver the batteries that they're shipping and I was like, okay, we're going to get to see, you know, number one in command. No, no, she, that's just her leaving the story. And that's what they did to her all season long. It was mm-hmm. always her going off to leave the story. If I'm Rebecca Romaine, that shit would piss me off. And I, I did a search online to see if there was a reason. Like, did she have COVID? You know, w- was there something that kept her offset for an extended period of time? And if there is, I haven't seen it published. I yeah. just don't understand why they ignored her and you know I one of the things I expressed early on was that I think the cast is too big because there are so many mouths to feed in terms of story and mm-hmm. you know we get to see that you know Rebecca Romaine is just left out there because they're they're serving all of these other characters and I just it's super frustrating I love these other characters I mean there is not a there is not a single one of these characters that I want to see go away, but I want to see number one served and yeah. I, that's that that has been my my biggest complaint about this season
0: uh well and, and you know you so just to kind of because I want to cement a point about this yeah um because episode three kind of it, you know, in, in regards to Una Chin Riley, but episode three is kind of the start of a trend that I that I felt throughout the season. Now, that being said, let me let me just preface this by saying I really enjoyed Strange New World season one. Mm-hmm. I even enjoyed loosely the episode that you hated. Oh. Um <laughs> But you know, I, I like I, I but I but in, in the end I found myself smiling almost the entire time because this felt like this felt like a, a modern Star Trek show in the way sure. I've been wanting a modern Star Trek show. Sure. However, I will say, as much I mean Captain Pike, I love Captain Pike, I love Anson Mount. I feel like and this is loosely addressed in the final episode of the season. They tried Very, very, very hard to make Captain Pike as charismatic and likable as possible. And for me, Episode 3 is where you start to see that that is a a failure Mm -hmm. in his characterization, Mm -hmm. almost in the same way that it is in um, Michael Burnham as Captain of the Discovery, in that at the end of Episode 3, Mabenga should have been booted off the ship. Yeah. Because he puts the entire crew at risk because of the fact that he, you know, in episode three, a virus gets on the ship that causes um, people to have an addiction to light. And the reason the virus gets on the ship is because Mbenga has put his daughter in um, the transporter, uh,
1: He's the, in a, the medical. The transporter. buffer. Yeah, the, the buffer. The, right. The transporter yeah, buffer. She
0: has. She has um, leukemia and in in order to prevent the virus advancing she is is in the buffer but he has put the ship at danger which happens be and which you know we come back to that story in the in episode eight um but he put the entire ship at risk much like una chin Riley's presence puts the entire ship at rich, at risk much like and, and you see and you know we, we've already spoiled the ending of the tenth episode um, but in the tenth episode you see that captain pikes in a inability to make the judgment call that is not the nice one is literally the problem if uh, in the it, would, it becomes a problem in the future right that it, you know that he, he travels to the future and his his decision making of trying to please everyone of trying to see both sides trying to go the, the more pacifistic route actually causes more damage than good and I feel like that's actually indicative of a number of his decisions throughout the season. Um, and I, I don't know if that's something that we will see, you know, come to light after the 10th episode as we get into season two, but episode three is where that kind of started is where I I start to say, much like Michael Burnham, why is he still on the ship? Not, not (laughs) Pike, but Mabenga and, you know, Unichin Riley, because of, you know, um, she has hidden her, the, and that comes up later in the season that she has hidden the, the origins, um, you know, that she's not human. Right. She's actually
1: Illyrian. Illyrian. Yeah. Well, and and I feel like, uh, don't get me wrong, love Anson Mount, love Captain Pike, love everything about it. But I do think they're really trying hard to distinguish between Captain Pike and Captain Kirk, right? You know, they're they're Mm -hmm. really trying to, you know, these are two different types of guys. But Captain Pike is frequently not nearly forceful enough. Um, And it is... I, I find him to be too passive. He is – he spends – he wastes a lot of time listening to his crew uh, when uh, – don't get me wrong. I think leaders need to listen, but leaders also need to act. And there are times, particularly in like Ghosts of Illyria, where he's too busy listening and he is not acting near fast enough. And I I think that I don't think that's a an accident of the storytelling. I think that is purposeful on the on the part of the writers, because we see that again in the season finale. That, you know, he 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 wants to he it's like he's he's he is a man who has seen the future. He is a man who is, uh, you know, fighting his destiny. And I feel like he's just continuing to cast out slack, so that he's got time to make appropriate decisions. And I mm-hmm. feel like that uh, his his inability to act timely uh, is not just an error in the writing. I think it's purposeful. Um, I think it, so, too. It, I find it kind of goes into the 10th episode. Yeah. yeah and I find it super frustrating. <laughs> you know, I'm like, do something, you know, stop listening to everybody and act. There's a time and a place for both. And uh, yeah. I found that frustrating. But it's I, I, so
0: nice. Yeah. Stop, you know, make the make the hard judgment call. Well, make the decision.
1: And I do – you know, there another huge difference, and I can't tell if this is a, just a difference in the character or if this is just modern Star Trek, right? But, you know, everybody calls each other by their first name on the bridge, mm-hmm. and that drives me crazy because it's a military operation. You know, it is fine to call Captain Pike Chris when you're behind closed doors. But on the bridge, he's captain or sir. And, you know, but he'll call Ortegas Erica, right? Yeah. Uh, As opposed to lieutenant or lieutenant Ortegas. (laughs) But, you know, he uh, it drives me crazy. And, I mean, Ortegas is very comfortable calling him Chris. And Mm -hmm. that bothers me. I mean, I just I truly feel like on the bridge – it's a command setting, and you know that that should be the dress, and that's very different from the bridge of the the inter- of any of the enterprises we've seen, right? Uh, you know, uh, Captain Kirk was always Captain Kirk on the bridge; he wasn't Jim, right? Uh, he was Jim behind closed doors, and only Jim by his closest friends, which was you know Doctor McCoy and Mister Spock. Um, same with with. Uh, uh, Captain Picard, you never saw people other than Q calling him Jean-Luc on the bridge. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, so I, I'm i trying to discern because, you know, Discovery has this, this sort of element as well. And so is it – are the writers on Strange New Worlds trying to show that Chris runs a different type of bridge or is this an element of modern Star Trek? And if it's an element of modern Star Trek, I don't care for it. If it's Chris running a different type of bridge – I think that is also an indicator of possibly a character flaw.
0: Yeah. I, and, I, for me, it felt like the latter. I felt yeah. like, you know, Pike preferred, you know, when we see this in the very first episode, right, that he's, he's not the most Starfleet, you know, the, the, the yeah. formalities are not, he's not a fan of that kind of thing. So that, that's the way I took that, yeah. um, you know, that, that the crew is more of is much more familial. Yeah. Than your average crew, and that you know, because and this, you know, kind of going back to that tenth episode where he, we jump seven years in the future, um, and you know, see the bridge crew. It's largely the same, right? Um, bridge crew, you know, seven years later, and you would think that, you know, that so just a, you know, the the seventh episode of Strange New Worlds flashes forward. You know, Pike gets a vision of the future. Um, that if he has if he has finds a way to avoid his fate, he will still be captain of the Enterprise during the episode Balance of Terror, if I remember correctly. Right, original Balance series, ba- yeah, original series yeah, episode it, it, Balance of Terror. And you know his decisions versus um, in that situation versus what Captain Kirk decided in that situation were were largely different. And his decisions unfortunately erupt in a a war um, that result you know in, between the Romulans and the Federation that caused millions of deaths. Um, kind of going back to his indecision. They, like they make it a point to to address that in that episode. Right. Um, but the but the bridge being largely the same crew kind of had me in the versus. Okay, well, what about the characters who were on the bridge in the in the original series? Right. Right. Like I, I thought we'd see some of those characters. Um, maybe introduced, but no. Ortega's is still there. You know, it's not like we see Sulu. Right. So you know, I I do think there is this familial aspect to his
1: crew that, yeah, you, know, you know, I was working through they, they that. Stick and, together. And, and we'll come back and talk about episode 10 in a little bit more detail, but, you know, since we're talking about it now, uh, I was wondering the same thing initially. I, I was like, well, why wouldn't there be more of Kirk's crew? Yeah, yeah, Sulu. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, we didn't have Chekhov in season one, but, you know, we had Scotty, we had uh, Dr. McCoy. Why would this have changed? And, and, and to your point, you know, we see all season long with Captain Pike having a very chummy relationship with his crew. I mean, he's got him over for Sunday night dinner, right, in his quarters. Yeah. And, and he's cooking. You're right, and, you know, the food is good. You know, we see everybody, like, oh, my God, this is great, you know. Um, I think you can headcanon it really easily and say, well, with Pike never having left the ship – Right. And, and engaging mm. on a and in, in this time period, he would have had a second five year mission. Right. They would be yeah. on the second five years at this yeah. point, or maybe even third, because um, it's 10 years uh, from the time Strange New World starts to his accident. And then, you know, you're h- however many, many years into uh, into Bounds of Terror. So you're either second or third five year mission. But he kept his crew because they're a family. Right. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, that's why Ortegas is still there. That's you know, that's why Spock has has moved up to XO. That's why Mbanga is still there. So it never created the vacancies for guys like, you know, uh, uh, Sulu and and uh, Dr. McCoy to come aboard. So that made sense to me just in terms of headcanon. But I got to ask you, Paul. Yes, sir. The show is really the, the first season has really been about you know uh, Captain Pike and Mister Spock and as we're telling the story of Mister Spock we're getting into the backstory of his engagement to T'Pring um, when we see a muck time in the original series. Uh, We are T'Pring is just you know just sort of an ice princess. I mean she she is cold and chilly and has no regards for uh, for Mister Spock. She she wants nothing to do with him. She wants out of that out of that engagement. And so you know when they told us they were going to tell us this T'Pring story, I'm like this is going to be one note, (laughs) you know, but. It's a voyage. I mean, she's got a legitimate character arc because, you know, for a Vulcan, she's very, you know, uh, loving, you know, I I would say uh, with Spock and Spock is obviously, you know, very, uh, very charmed by her. I, I am really enjoying the story that we're telling about pring. In fact, the episode, you know, uh, Spock Month. Where they switch bodies? Yeah, where they switch <laughs> bodies, I thought was really well done. And, yeah. you know, ge- giving each of those characters the opportunity to experience <clears throat> not just what's important to them, but how they work in their day. I thought that was a really well done episode. It could have been, you know, super hokey. It could have been Freaky Friday. But uh, I thought that it worked really well. Yeah, I mean,
0: for what it's worth, it, 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 I, I very much had the same concerns mm-hmm. about the introduction of Tupring to the show, and especially, you know, with, but, you know, she's introduced during, a, you know, in a sex scene, yeah. um, you know, in, in, in a way that was unpredictable. Um, and I will say they have gone a very unpredictable route with her character. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's a relationship where they are trying to figure things out. You know, even though Tupring is, is so held, you know, they, they, they make a point of saying that she's hell bent on, you know, the 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 logic, right? You know, she she's uh, she reforms <laughs> lapsed Vulcans, basically. right? right. Yeah. Um, and, and you know that, that's her job. Like she literally like finds Vulcans who have gone who have rejected the wrong logic, path, yeah, rejected logic, and yeah. brings them back to to the right path. But you see her be grow more accepting of Spock's human side, embracing yeah. it, and quite frankly, looking for ways to engage in it. Yeah. Physically or not, you know. Yeah. Or, and I, I really actually like that. And that, that's one thing that I really liked about Spock amok is the name of that episode. You know, it's it's just it, it, it was fun, but it wasn't hokey. Right. Um and it and it actually resulted in, you know, in, in some nice character growth and you know, introduce this relationship slash friendship slash whatever with um Spock and uh Nurse Decker. Chapel. Yeah. Who is I, I? You know, and you know, I, I had joked about before the show started that Nurse Chapel, yeah, you know, little hottie, um, also a very engaging presence. Uh, I, I, you know, and, and I really like her character on the
1: show. I, she's got a terrific sense of humor. I love the mm-hmm. energy that uh, you know the character of Nurse Chapel brings to the story. I think she's a lot of fun, and I think she, I think she has a couple of really you know standout moments uh, this mm-hmm. season. Um, and again. Love Nurse Chapel. Where was my standout moment for uh, number one? I'm just saying, you know, compare and contrast. You know, the writers really served uh, Nurse Chapel, Eh, not so much other character. Um, I got to tell you, I feel like, you know, we're on the Paramount Plus streaming service for Strange New Worlds. I feel like there's an opportunity to have you know more adult content, so I am all over a uh, mature-themed rated R episode with uh, Spock and T'Pring just going to town. That's uh, <laughs> I, I think I, I, because wow, both of them awfully pretty. Um, yeah, yeah I, they're I, they I they good-looking people, and you know I, I want to see Spock say, you know if you uh want to really embrace you know my human side uh it is traditional to bring a friend uh to the bedroom <laughs> uh, you know so here here's my good friend Nurse Chapel. <laughs> I feel like you're referring to the porn parody. Uh, no, no. I, <laughs> I think this people. is on brand for new Star Trek. Uh, uh, all kidding aside. Yeah, that,
0: that, that's a disco thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, all kidding aside, uh, you know, modern Star Trek has really struggled with being sexy. It's not something that the original series ever had a problem with. You know, they no. they, they nailed <laughs> – nailed. Uh, they, they really <laughs> – they really had it down in terms of, you know, making Star Trek sexy and not making it feel awkward. And I feel like ever since Next Generation, and with the exception most of the time for Deep Space Nine, most of Star Trek has really struggled with that. Um, I always found it super awkward on Next Generation and awkward in Voyager and weird in enterprise like the you know let's uh let's sit in the decontamination chamber in our underwear and rub gel all over each other i mean it's just yeah. super weird <laughs> but i you know i feel like uh, strange new worlds is very comfortable in that space uh, and that was nice to see i was like okay it's more natural I,
0: right like it's yeah. not, it
1: doesn't feel as forced yeah i don't i honestly i while, uh, gender identity is certainly, you know, uh, you know, on the screen, you know, different, you know, non binary gender identities and preferences mm-hmm. are on the screen in Discovery. I have, I, uh, and other than Dr. Culber, there's nobody sexy in that show. You know, there, yeah. there, nobody who, who is shot lovingly and in a, a sexual, uh, uh, aspect, you know, there's not there's not that flavor yeah. other than Doctor Culber, and I I don't think that's intended by the directors. I just think that that is the energy that that actor brings because he is gorgeous.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do not
1: disagree. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, I, I I'm, I'm questioning a number of my own choices. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, he is a very attractive man. And, you know, I, I, I but I, I, there is no, there is no element of that show that I, that I find, um, sexy, you know, cause that just, just not the way that show is shot, but strange new worlds, I think is doing it very effectively and, you know, not, there is captain Pike is a very comfortable, uh, friends with benefits relationship with his fellow captain. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know the character's name, but I know. You're I, I don't either. About. But you know, she she showed up in uh, in uh, you know the, the the first episode, and you know, obviously showed up at the end of uh, the final episode. And, you know, they've just got a very comfortable relationship. You know, she hangs around for breakfast, he feeds her, you know, and uh, they, they, they get down. But, you know, that's just, that, that is a you know, just a comfortable, natural sort of relationship. And while there's nothing unnatural about Spock and T'Pring, it is certainly hot. It is two people at the beginning of their relationship. They've got all of that energy that you have at the beginning of a relationship. And I just, I like the way that story is being told. But what I didn't like, Paul... This, I did not care for the Elysian Kingdom, uh, episode eight. of, uh, <laughs> And it's not for the reasons that you think. It's not because it was silly, because silly episodes are a part and parcel of Star Trek. All Going all the way back to the original series, we had silly episodes. No, what I have a problem with this episode is we set the table that Dr. Mbinga has his daughter in the transporter buffer because she's got this incurable illness that he's hoping to find a cure for out in outer space. Long story short, in this episode, we find a space entity who, you know, takes the child out of the buffer, creates a fantasy world for her, and is able to cure her as long as she stays in this nebula that they're in. Yes. And, but, you know, once she leaves the nebula, she'll get sick again. And so, you know, the the argument is, okay, well, you know, she can stay here with outer space being and be, be healthy and happy. Or we can run the risk of not being able to cure her in times running out. I understand why you know somebody would would, would consider that, but Mbanga doesn't know who this entity is. It's a little bit like, like meeting a guy out of town and him going, well, I can take care of your daughter. She'll be healthy and happy and uh, just leave her here with me. And that's my objection. He abandons his child to somebody he doesn't know, somebody that he has no ability to check out. I, I, and, you know, we, we've we seen an episode in this season where an alien culture murders children. <laughs> so you'd think that would be on his mind, you know, that they seemed like they were good people. You know, they they seemed likable enough. They admired their technology. They had the ability to cure, though they chose not to. And then they murder children. Um, I would think that Mbango would be a little bit more, you know, discriminatory about, how he leaves his kid there. I mean, I would have thought, okay, I'm going to have to stay here too. I don't understand why that wasn't an option. I don't understand why that wasn't considered more like, yeah, we can do this, but I'm not leaving my daughter. I mean, that's what a parent does, right? His daughter is not yet an adult. They could have done a piece of the story where Mbanga says, yeah, I'm going to go. And then moments later pops back because time works uh, differently for them, that she's fully mature and he's maybe got some gray in his hair. You know, okay, now now I've seen my daughter through adulthood. I've spent enough time with this being. I know uh, that this being isn't dangerous. But he just, I mean, literally just drops his kid off. It's like he dropped his kid off at the fire department, right? You know, yeah. one of those safe haven places. I, I really, I mean, I, I just strongly objected to this episode. Bad That's
0: a fair point on the resolution. Yeah. That is a fair point. Yeah. It didn't occur to me in the moment, but you describing it, um... It Certainly makes sense. Uh, yeah. Like because she came back in an instant.
1: Yeah. It feels like. Well, I think that was just to let him been, off the hook, you know, yeah. in ter- so that we as an audience don't go, OK, well, he's the most awful person at all. But it doesn't it doesn't dismiss the decision that he made absent any evidence to the contrary. I yeah. mean, there is, there is nothing that he has that ha- that convinces him that should have convinced him that the entity could be trusted. I mean because the entity disregarded everybody else's, you know, uh needs. It it forced people to adopt other personalities. I mean, I I, I think that should be concerning, right? <laughs> I, I I just I, I really had a problem with this episode. Now, that said, I loved some of the performances. Uh, Anson Mount was hilarious. I loved yeah. Anson Mount just as a complete goof and, you know, coward in the episode, just craven. Uh, and then Ortegas, shit. <laughs> she yeah. was great loved her
0: she was great you know it, it, but um, you know, kind of going back to our point rebecca romaine still yeah. the straight straight laced character uh-huh well
1: and uh, hardly in the episode hardly in the episode and they no there, good there to be why. a reason
0: for that i, you know.
1: I kept looking I, you know why would they do that why would they why would they leave her out I, it makes no sense to me because that would have been a really good opportunity for them to put her uh in a lead position like in my mind, there's no reason why she shouldn't have been playing the role that Uhura played, right? She should have been the baddie in that episode, but no, she winds up being the ranger. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I I strongly hated that episode, and I see that the internet did too. You know, most of the the uh, yeah. ratings on the show are you know eights and above on the ratings, and mm-hmm. this one got like a six point one on IMDb.
0: Oof. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing, I can see, I understand the intent of the episode, it had to wrap up the Mbenga stuff, I see, you know, how they, you know, what they did, every Star Trek show has something like this, um, this kind of episode, but in the absence of a holodeck, you know, this this was their way of doing it. So, I mean, I thought there was imagination, and there was fun to it, it is certainly, in my opinion, the weakest of the ten. Yeah. But, yeah, know, I, I didn't dislike it as much as everyone else. But, you yeah, know, the, the six point whatever, 6.1, I'd say that's a, actually a pretty solid score if I was yeah. ranking it, if I was going to score it.
1: Well, I got to tell you, the uh, the penultimate episode of the season, All Those Who Wander, uh, broke my heart.
0: I Yeah, I but I think that was intentional, right? Like, oh, no, absolutely. I, it, it sounds like, uh, so, you know, spoilers, obviously. I mean, it, you've probably seen it by now, but Hammer passes away in this episode and, um, you know. It, it, apparently that was planned from the start, right. you know. Uh, yeah. Which obviously it has to be with with these shows, uh, but it, it was it was tragic. And you know, on top of that, two of the most interesting characters in on the crew, Hemmer and uh, Laan Noonie and
1: Singh, are taken off the board in this episode. Right. Now Laan, well, you know, leaves the ship
0: and, much in the same and, way Tilly did on Discovery. You,
1: you think that Uhura is going to be off the board as well? Yeah, you know, because, you know, she she has finished her cadet cruise and she's going back to back to school. Um, You know, I, I was like, wow, you know, this is really interesting what they're what they're communicating. You know, who uh, is leaving on was going to leave at the end of the episode? And, of course, Hammer's dead. I mean, that's that is fully a third of your cast that you're kicking out the door. I, I that yeah. was that, that was, you know, now it it gets kind of reset in uh, uh, episode 10. But uh, I, I got to tell you, the Gorn effects were super cool. Um, I was stunned to learn that that those were mostly puppets. Um, oh. You know, the and I thought that the practical effects worked really well in the episode. I enjoyed how tense the episode was. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was a lot of fun. So, I
0: Aaron, fun. I, I do have a question about this, and this is actually something mm-hmm. I was hoping to address with you on the mic. Uh, oh dear! Oh dear! Um. The Gorn. Yes. You know, you know Star Trek way better than I do. Yeah. When did the Gorn become this? <laughs> well, you know... Because they're like raptors now, essentially, right? Right. Um, so... Almost to the... You know, not not, not in... I mean... Yeah, go ahead.
1: i We see the Gorn for the first time in the original original series episode Arena, and you know it's a guy in a rubber suit because that is you know the technology of the time. And let me just pause for a moment because I've seen a lot of stuff online about uh, Arena, the original series episode. And for those of you who chastise that episode because of the guy in the rubber suit, fuck you. Because that was state of the art effects at that time. In fact, fuck all of you guys who say that the special effects and the technology used to develop the original series episodes uh, are not up to snuff. Fuck you, because that show was was at the bleeding edge of technology at the time, bleeding edge of yeah. technology and innovation. And years I'm sorry, ago, people. Speak I'm about sorry. It. I, you know, I watched, I rewatched Balance of Terror this week. Shows fucking hold up. Uh, and it just, just burns my ass that there are so many people today who are like, Oh, I'm, I don't want to watch that. It's, uh, you know, the, the special effects aren't good enough. It's not CGI enough for me. Yeah, fuck you. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but when we see the Gorn again, you know, we don't see the Gorn again until enterprise and they CG'd him and, you know, made them more, more, uh, uh, you know, fast, that kind of thing. So I think it's morphed over time. Um, but I think you can headcanon this, right? That when Gorns are born, they're they're slickery fast because they got to be, because you know there's that whole alpha fight thing going on. And then as they bulk up and put on weight and, and age, they slow down. Like uh, you know, we see the Gorn uh, ship commander in Arena. I think you can headcanon that pretty easy. Yeah. Okay. But I, you know, I, I I'm fine with it. My my objection. To how much we've seen of the Gorn is that when Kirk meets them in the arena, it's like we've never seen a Gorn before. That we didn't know who they were. In fact, you know, if I recall correctly, you know, Kirk is asking the Metrons, "You called them a Gorn? (laughs) Is that what these guys are called?" Um, because we didn't know who they were. Well, it seems like Starfleet knows who these guys are.
0: And Ortega does. She's like, come right.
1: And so, wh- you know, it seems to me like if you're a starship captain, you ought to know this shit. And clearly, it's going to be in Pike's logs. Why wouldn't Kirk know about it seven or more years later? That didn't make any yeah. sense to me.
0: But well, I'm going mean, to forgive there, it. There's a lot of headcanon stuff you have to – I mean, there are things in the show that you just kind of have to not think about too hard. Because in the end, you know, much – in the final episode – well, now Pike knows that the Romulans are, you know, right. and, and the Vulcans, you know, the, the relation there. I mean, now he doesn't know the exact relation, but he's aware because he, he, he has memory of his time spent in the future. So well, I he, think that he, he doesn't he, want to change the future, but yeah, it feels I, I, a little irresponsible to not right. to like right. play dumb when that shit
1: happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like he makes a conscious choice not to include, you know, his his uh, time travel in his logs. But yeah, this uh, the the captain's discretion not to report certain things is, uh, yeah. uh, you know, a little alarming to me. How much have captains kept out of their logs that could have saved people's lives? Yeah, but yeah, I got to tell you, before we jump into the uh, the, the season ender, I just got to tell you, I really hated seeing or go. And I, that that I wonder, you know, we, we get Scotty's voice in Episode 10. Uh, they haven't cast Scotty yet. So it's some guy just some actor doing a, uh, a, a uh, Scotty impression. Um, I wonder if we're actually going to get Scotty or if they're going to, you know, cast an interim. And I think I read an article this week where uh, may have been Akiva Goldsman saying that, you know, we're not ready to move to Scotty yet. So I, I, maybe we're going to get an interim engineer. Hmm, okay. So, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. If you're going to take Hammer off the board, and you're going to have to have another engineer, why not give us Scotty? Yeah, just go to Scotty at this yeah. point. unless they, they want to be able to kill off another engineer, <laughs> you know. But so <laughs> it's like Kenny. Um, yeah. yeah so let's, qual- let's talk about the season ender. Yeah, I you know first off, Captain Pike in his Wrath of Khan captain uniform. Holy shit! Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I was like, okay, I need this in my life right now. Um, I, I I will totally be down for movie era captain Pike because oh my god it looked great on screen I, that's my favorite Star trek uniform uh I, I I love that i I truly do I need to see more of it but I you Hi. know it, it was seven years I think they established you know in the future yes. and uh, uh captain Pike still doing his hair the same yeah so, well, same. you know when
0: you got hair like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i will say you know go ahead no you there's, go. there's something you i go. have to say about episode, you, about that episode 10 say it do it go you know we had discussed on a previous episode about the casting of paul wesley yeah as captain
1: kirk and sam kirk no, it's, yeah it, 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 i'm sorry and sam kirk and, he's playing yeah, kirk. He's, yeah. no paul yeah.
0: wesley is only playing captain kirk he's not playing
1: Sam. he's kirk. playing sam kirk isn't he Isn't he also the actor? Okay, sorry, I thought he was. I thought they were the same guy. Well, they're brothers, Aaron. That's how they look. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: You know, and and I was like, I like Paul Wesley. You know, I mean, I I, I never watched the Vampire Diaries, but you know, I I enjoyed what little I've seen of Paul Wesley, and I was like, I'm open. I'm open. It feels early to introduce Captain Kirk, but I'm open. Now, obviously, now we have a reason, and and in in the next season, he'll be. You know, he he will still be coming in, but I think as, as Lieutenant Kirk, not Captain Kirk. Um I I feel like he was a low spot in the casting. Oh, I completely agree. He he was not good. And I you yeah. know and, and, and it's not that the character, it's not like the actor's not good, but you know, I think I see everyone comparing him to Jim Carrey's impression of William Shatner. And you know, while I, I, I don't know that I'm going that far, he, he definitely did not have any gravitas to him.
1: Um, Yeah. You know,
0: it's just not good.
1: I completely agree. Number one, you know, he, he doesn't have any of the energy that William Shatner brings to the role. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I find, you know, from the moment Shatner is on screen as captain Kirk in the original series, he is captivating. Mm -hmm. Um, And same with Chris Pine, Uh, Chris Pine, Chris Pine brings a very different energy, but you know, he's a movie star and he brings that, that charisma to the character. I don't, I I hate to say this this early on, but I don't like Paul Wesley as Captain Kirk. I don't think he brings that energy. I don't think that he is commanding. He, he, (laughs) I hate to put it in these terms, he's also not good looking enough. He, he doesn't have any of the appeal i think that either chris pine or william shatner have in those roles i don't disagree yeah he's, he's,
0: yeah. he's he doesn't carry the, the the charisma or the energy of either of those actors and it seems like if he was going for one he was trying for chris pine not for not for right um william shatner but he, he didn't he didn't even get that you know yeah. he, he's, he's definitely he, he was just milk toast for yeah. and that know, yeah, when when you put kirk on the screen you know, much in the same way they introduced Aurora. like she she's great, she's oh, great, yeah, she is, she is. Um, but Kirk was just a big letdown, and and, and I, I feel bad saying that because I it is an actor that I was looking forward to seeing in the role, um, but it just didn't work. Um, I don't you know it, in the context of this episode at least.
1: You know, in work. the in the original series, you know, Kirk uh, Shatner played both uh, Sam Kirk and Captain Kirk, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess that's why I thought that they were doing the same thing here. Um, but I was like, "Wow, I like him much better as Sam Kirk." I, I guess I, you know, just like Sam Kirk better. Than- <laughs> 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 but uh, you know, this is this last episode of uh, the season puts Captain Pike in a position to see, you know, if he is able to avoid the fate that was revealed to him in discovery. Uh what impact that will have on the future and, you know, spoilers, it's bad. Um, you know, for whatever reason that will be revealed later in that episode, um, you know, his avoiding that fate puts a different captain, you know, puts him in command of the Enterprise when a different captain Captain Kirk should have been in command to make different decisions that support uh, a more positive future. Um, it is strongly linked uh, to the original series episode "Balance of Terror," which is one of my all-time favorite original series episodes. Uh, it is very much, you know, a submarine uh, uh, story where you know two sub commanders are you know angling against each other. Really high tense, really well produced. Uh, and one of the things that I think was just a huge missed opportunity here, Paul, um, in the original series, Mark Leonard mm-hmm. plays the Romulan commander. And Mark yes. Leonard is also Spock's father as Sarek. And I just felt like, you know, to keep it in tone, James Frayne should have played the Romulan commander, even though I don't particularly like James Frayne as well, I'm not the biggest uh, fan of James
0: Frayne. I mean, I hear you and I don't just, dis- and I think it could have been a fun little bit of, you know, wink, wink casting, uh-huh. but I'm not the biggest James
1: Frain fan. I'm not either. I'm not either. But I, I, I felt like that would have been better casting here because the actor who plays it has nothing in the league of the gravitas that Mark Leonard has. No. And even though James Frayne does not either, Um, I do feel like that his familiarity would have helped this episode uh, because at no point, you know, even though the Romulan commander echoes many of the things that Mark Leonard says in the original series episode, Balance of Terror, I never feel this kinship uh, between the two in this episode. I I felt like there's a really failure of of directing Mm -hmm. and acting. Acting and writing uh, on the Romulan side of things. And I think that one of the things that hurts it the most is there is a very distinctive look to the Romulan ship in the original series episode. And all they really did on the Romulan side of things is made it it look more like a next generation Romulan ship than making it look like an original series Romulan ship on the interiors. You know, it's all shot in greens and blacks. And while that is very much in keeping with you know uh, next generation era and beyond romulan settings, it does not uh, it does not emulate the style and aesthetic of the original series and you know they they did a lot of really strong work here uh, mimicking the lighting on the uh, enterprise. Uh, Oh, yeah. In in the current, Pike's Enterprise versus, you know, uh, Kirk's Enterprise from the original series. And I love the dramatic lighting on their eyes. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I I think that's sort of a lost art in Star Trek in in how those, those character moments are painted in light. I really missed it. I wanted it more... I wanted those purples and reds and blues on the, uh, on the Romulan ship that we just don't get. Also, um, the absence of the Centurion on the, on the Romulan ship was yeah. tangible, I thought. I mean, it was just like, you know, he has a confidant on the Romulan ship in the original series episode. He does not have that guy. So, you know, when you pull that character out, and we're supposed to, you know, as Star Trek fans, and I think that the, the episode, uh of strange new worlds expects you to be familiar with balance of terror right yeah, i mean i, would I feel like I, I feel like there's that expectation and with that expectation that tells me that it is fully in bounds to ask the question well what changed in history prior to this encounter that kept the centurion for being on board mm mm-hmm. mhm you know, and was that what changed history rather than Pike surviving? Or was Pike survival, uh, you know, and remaining healthy, I should say, um, did that somehow spool into a scenario that we would be completely un- unaware of that the Centurion didn't on the bridge? I mean, I think it asks a whole bunch of other questions because I feel like the reason why I don't respond. To the Romulan commander in this episode, beyond the fact that I think the actor is miscast, but because we don't get that character dialogue that he has with the Centurion. Yeah. So I that was my big gripe about this episode. I liked just about everything else in this episode, though, you know, <laughs> I wanted to argue with Future Pike because Future Pike's like, well, you know, because... You know, you were on the bridge the day this happened. Um, you know, it, it started this this great big war in uh, you know it, 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 across the entire Federation that has been going on for years and years and years. So why can't the solution be okay? Okay, I gotcha. Thank you, future me. Why don't I retire from Starfleet after the day the uh, the the reactor explodes? Seems like that would solve the same problem. Yeah, fair. Just saying. Just saying, it's kind of like in the original series episode in Balance of Terror, where they they throw the ship in reverse to outrun the uh, the plasma torpedo, you know, the the the, the, the weapon discharge from from yeah. the Romulan uh, bird of prey. I'm like, couldn't y'all just veer out of the way? You know, you're going really fast backwards. Can't you just steer a little bit to starboard or a little bit to port and just let that thing (laughs) fly on by? Why do y'all just have to go in a straight line backwards? I don't understand. You know, space, it's big. (laughs) 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 But, you know, all in all, Paul, I think Star Trek Strange New Worlds uh, really is – a, a terrific show. I mean, I, there is a lot yeah. to love here. Uh, you know, our, our brand here at star Trek with Aaron and Polly is that we like to complain about things that we love. And, you know, so yeah, we've complained some of in, in this, in this, uh, episode. Uh, and when I say some, I mean a lot, uh, I really love this show. I love this yeah. show. And you're really, what I, what I need to see is more, uh, number one to make me fully happy.
0: Yeah. So we will see, you know, I, I want, you know, in, in in episode ten, it's alluded to the fact that Una has has been in prison, right the entire time. You know, with with but now, and that's with Pike still, still, you know, on the in, in in Starfleet as captain of the Enterprise, seven years into the future. So, you know, she's arrested at the end of episode ten. Is
1: Una gone now?
0: I you know or will she be I, back?
1: I, yeah, to hear Rebecca Romaine say it, there's lots more of number one to come.
0: Uh, oh, well, okay spoilers
1: I, exactly. yeah spoilers but uh, i I just I don't understand why the writers did what they did and you know we know you know at a meta level that writers write for the characters that speak to them uh, yeah. and clearly they were uh, very motivated by uh, Uhura this season mm-hmm. and they were very motivated by L- Laon and Ortegas. Um, mm-hmm. and I just I, I, I feel like those characters crowded out Rebecca Romaine, and I don't like yeah. that. Uh, I like my Rebecca Romaine. I loved her in in Discovery. She was she. I got to tell you, she was really the high point that made me go. They have got to do a show here. Uh, yeah. I loved her energy, and even though we didn't get a lot of her in Discovery, I just I, I wanted so much more of that character. And I just need to see her being a boss, right? I need yeah. to see her in command of the ship. Uh, I need to see her leading away missions. Um, I just need to see her doing her job, and, and we just didn't get to see much of that this season.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe we'll see it next season. You know, with uh, you know, It seems like we will certainly have some sort of story thread based yeah. around her character.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, we want to know what you thought about this season of Strange New Worlds. Give us a call, 972-763-5903. That number once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up at IOMGeek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. What a deal. Well, hey, Paul, there is going to hopefully be a lot of news out of San Diego this week. Keep an eye on our feeds, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You know, uh, probably uh, uh, we'll update our MySpace page as well uh, with <laughs> with all of the news fit to print. And
0: we will talk more about it in our next episode.
1: Which I'm sure will happen, you know, sometime in 2020.
0: I I feel comfortable committing to that. There you go. (laughs)
1: All right. We'll do it all over again at some point in the future. Just uh, dial in your time, Crystal. You'll get right there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Bye, guys. Catch you then. Bye. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903. Tribble Wrangling provided by Try Trays No Troublesome triples. Mr. Aponte's Wardrobe provided Courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers Conveniently located on the promenade